0: A screw coming out my desk. Ooh. Oh, well, I can't bother to deal with that right now. <sighs> <sighs> That's like every day of my life. <laughs> so how have you been, Matt, since we last spoke?
1: I don't know. We, we spend so much time away from each other. That,
0: I know.
1: You know, conversation just plays freely whenever we speak, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Shit, <sighs> just, just, I have to speak to this guy every week. trump um mm, it's been done really very pedestrian mm. now isn't he mm. <sighs> um, what else can we talk about um uh <sighs> don't know the The weather's been rough lately oh it has, know, I, I, it? I, I don't know what to dress for um
1: yes it must be awful
0: yeah like, like and that global warming thing man seriously yeah that's oh,
1: okay I, I never know what dress to put on in the morning
0: nowadays yeah, yeah. it's terrible I don't know what boxes to wear. Yeah. It's just a sweat keeps everything sticking. If it's silky, my balls will just stick to the boxes. I I don't know what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you do, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) You sounded like an expert then.
0: Uh, Yeah, I always have to, like, keep readjusting in public because that's that's what people with balls do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It doesn't matter who's around. So I always have to just go ahead and do it.
1: How exactly do you do that?
0: I I, I slip my hand down my trousers, um, mm. in public, even though there are people there, and readjust my balls and think it's okay to touch things.
1: Wow, there's quite a lot of detail there. Tom. Yeah, I fear this role playing has got quite serious.
0: The the readjustment of balls is not disgusting or unhygienic at all.
1: Mm. Mm. So yeah, uncomfortable though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. What else? Like, that, that's so, a good topic. So bored of talking to you. <laughs> it's just, it's just so boring. Yeah,
1: there's literally nothing else to say to each other. No. Right, it's
0: if only we had a topic of like conversation in mind w- when we decide to start recording.
1: Ah, oh, I've got a question for you. What?
0: Do you, w- when you have apple pie or apple crumble? Are you going to ask me if I have cream with it? <laughs> yeah. Do you prefer <laughs> custard or cream? Is this what you were talking about before we started recording? The joke you wanted to use? What kind of catchphrase is that? Oh, okay. Well, I don't really like apple pie. What? I don't like apple pie. Oh, shut up. I mean, I'll have it if, like, that's the only thing I'm going to eat. But if I have a choice of that and something else,
1: I'll go for something else. You're not a human being.
0: I'm okay with it.
1: Mm. I don't know how you cannot like apple pie.
0: I don't know; it's just all mushy.
1: I don't know. I've
0: just ruined your joke, haven't I? No. Oh, that's a shame. I
1: all all I wanted to know was, you know, whether you had cream or custard? But you don't, so.
0: Uh, I hey, I have I have a preference between cream and custard. I like custard, ah. but then I also like cream.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm not fussy. <laughs> so basically, I don't have a preference.
1: Yeah, this, this is really cutting edge stuff, isn't it?
0: Yeah, we really should start thinking about what we're going to talk about beforehand. Yeah, that indicates professionalism, though. Yeah, but no one's paying us to do shit. No. So why should I be professional? Yeah, exactly. I think I do more than enough. I, I upload the episodes. I tweet the episodes. I Facebook the episode. I tweet shitty conundrums that Chris sends me. I tweet about... Editing episodes and what we discuss as, like, teasers. I actually edit the fucking episodes, don't I? What else do I do? My God. Yeah. For heaven's sake.
1: Uh, I think the listeners get more than they deserve, to be honest.
0: Exactly. I pay for this every fucking year. And I always forget to tell you to pay me. <laughs> so Matt, hurry up and pay me.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: For the last two years, <laughs> you paid me the first year. You haven't paid me anything since then. You bosses, you and Chris, you fucktards.
1: That's your that's your failing. You forgot to tell us.
0: Okay, fine. I'm telling you now. You and Chris. You owe me back wrench for the opportunity and the space to be in this podcast.
1: Oh, what well, what well, the honour of being in yeah. this podcast has to be I paid I pay
0: £75 a year for this. Oh. So so not only am I paying and editing and doing all that shit, and the listeners, you're still not fucking happy, are you? What more do you want? Do you want my blood? Well, you can have it because it's useless to me.
1: <laughs> I'm sure at some point it's it's got to be of some use.
0: I... I'm so dead certain that if I tried to donate blood, they wouldn't accept it because it's useless. It would just probably make people sicker.
1: <laughs> mm. Interesting theory. I think we should try this out one day.
0: <laughs> yeah. The next blood drive I go to, I'll try it out. <laughs>
1: we, we should just go to the, like the give blood people and say, you can have all this blood, but you've got to determine whether it's useful or not.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine me trying to give the world a helping hand by donating my blood, and then I get a phone call saying, "By the way, you've got like ten types of cancer." That would be bad luck. Yeah, that would be terrible luck. But you did get a biscuit at the end, so you know. And so they give you a bit. Well, they have to because you're you're going to be weak. You need blood sugar. Yeah,
1: I think I think blood sugar is the technical term.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, you know, would you know who would know the technical term? A doctor that eats cream.
1: Oh, is that, is that a se- attempt at a segue?
0: Well, it's doctor, we were talking about sugar, he's got cream in his name.
1: It would have worked if he was Dr. Sugar.
0: Oh, sugar, Dr. Sweet. You
1: should really leave these segues to me, Tarman.
0: Right <laughs> You're so shit <laughs> <laughs> Yours aren't even a segue. <laughs> I could be talking about a cow getting raped by a horse, and your segue would be, well, do you do you like bridges?
1: What the hell are you Your
0: segues aren't smooth, that's what I'm saying.
1: I think my segues are brilliant, and that's the only opinion that matters.
0: Your segues aren't smooth because you aren't smooth, Matt, unfortunately. I'm sorry I have to tell you this, but you're not smooth.
1: I'm I'm smooth as silk or something like that.
0: (laughs) You're as smooth as chunky peanut butter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hate peanut butter, so I do find that comparison offensive. So.
0: I don't like peanut butter either, but it's the fact that I said chunky peanut butter, you dumbass. You That just went right over your head. Yeah. Because it has chunks in it, so it's not smooth. You can get smooth peanut butter and you can get chunky peanut butter.
1: I, I get it now.
0: You like the orange juice that has the... Mixture. All right, I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have we had intro You like
0: yeah. nacho cheese that hasn't really been heated oh, up. Oh, fuck off. You lumpy. <laughs>
1: It's late. I'm going to cyber kill you at some point.
0: <laughs> cyber killing. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. I watched that movie, Unfriended. I didn't actually hate it. I thought I was going to hate it. I actually quite liked it.
1: Does he actually unfriend them in the film?
0: What? Do you not know what the film's about, no?
1: Got no clue.
0: Okay. Well, so it's basically, we're watching a Skype conversation, pretty much. Oh, that sounds Between a group of people. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. <laughs> Between a group of people, and then there's this one person that's in the conversation that hasn't been added, and she's in there. And I don't know if it's like a ghost of the person that they pushed to, they bullied to suicide. Mm. But mm. Um, yeah, and then like people die, and it's a it's a peculiar type of horror movie. But I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought I'd hate it because it's basically a Skype conversation. But yeah, it was quite interesting. What country? Oh, uh, It's a US film. Oh. And obviously they can do a sequel, which will probably be really yeah. shit. Yeah. So that
1: kind of thing sounds like almost Japanese. I mean, we yeah. were discussing that before, weren't we, in another episode? Yeah, like videos. last week? Yeah.
0: It was definitely only last week. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a couple of hours ago. It was last week. Yeah. Why would it be a couple of hours ago, man?
1: I know. Yeah.
0: So anyway, these people died in the film.
1: People die in this podcast? Well, not specifically in the podcast but
0: well actually no we've killed off annie we've killed off chris Ah, uh, yeah but they both come back as ghosts so that they're basically unfriended aren't they yeah that they're the characters in unfriended we are unfriended in real life my god we talk through skype as we're recording and two of our friends have been killed not by two us. two of us have gone be. down yeah. that movie unfriended is about us wow shit we didn't get paid the rights to our story
1: it's brilliant to finally see our life story put on film without us knowing of all things
0: yeah but the problem is the the lead character is quite hot and i'm quite not oh well i, I can fill in there yeah no you can't <laughs> anyway um I, I say we do that 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 music <sighs> oh that music yeah i think it's time <laughs>
1: We talk
0: about stuff do you think it's over now i hope so yeah okay thank it's awful music yeah, god yeah <laughs> we really need to sort that out it's just oh, two years a hundred and something episodes of that music yeah my god for heaven's sake
1: how do we put up with it
0: i don't know Maybe it's because we edit it in afterwards, so we don't actually have to listen to it while we're recording. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. I think if you had to
1: listen to it, it'd it'd make this kind of episode torture, wouldn't it, really?
0: Yeah. Uh, Technically, I kind of do have to listen to it because I'm editing it, so... Yeah. So, yeah, I might go insane and botch some abortions and shit. Ah, smooth. Smooth as caramel.
1: So that's what you get up to in your room.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm an abortionist, even though abortion is perfectly legal in the UK. Yeah. As it should be everywhere else, because it's nobody's business but the person whose body it is. (sighs) Yeah, so I just did a little bit of political ranting (laughs) before we get into it. and It wasn't really ranting, it's just me. Mm, I lived to impart wisdom. Anyway, (laughs) so this week we are talking about the... He was such a great man. He trained as a doctor and a... Specialist surgeon, and he lived to see people live. He didn't go around murdering people at all. No. Because doctors don't do that. They have a duty of care. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great man. Harold Chapman was just, you know, he was just being
1: loving, wasn't
0: he? <laughs> yeah, like... Special
1: yeah. kind of caring.
0: Yeah, to those old people. Yeah. Yeah, he was like an angel of death rather than just death. Uh, yeah. Doctor death.
1: Mm. He looked quite friendly as well, you know, that beard and stuff like that.
0: This guy. I don't think he looks that friendly.
1: He's got quite a magnificent moustache, I think. Th- these days, I think he'd be a hipster murderer.
0: Oh, my God, he so would. He looks like a hipster. <laughs> he is totally a hipster.
1: People would love him these days, especially with that surname.
0: Hey, the general public don't like hipsters. <laughs> hipsters don't like other hipsters. They mm. all think they're too cool for them. <laughs> so no one ends up liking hipsters. Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you, hipsters... No one likes you. Yeah. Yeah, what was it last week when we talk about bullying, online bullying and stuff?
1: Oh, we, yeah, we better go easy on that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, like at least for a couple of episodes, <laughs> so people can forget that we were being a bit sentimental last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so this episode we're going to be talking about Thomas Neal Cream, who was a doctor that didn't really care for his patients too much, no. and not as in, oh, I don't really care, I'm just going to prescribe you something so you can leave me alone. And just to put your mind at ease, when there's nothing actually wrong with you, hypochondriac, they're basically kind of my doctors that I just described. <laughs> I'm joking. They're my mother's doctors that they just that I just described. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was a doctor of death, man. Let's just be frank. Yeah. So he is known to have killed at least ten people. At the very least, ten people. Ooh, that's quite a And awful. he. Yeah, and he was an international doctor. Yeah, he got, got about a bit, didn't he? He really did. Like, I was surprised to see how many places he he was in. So, Dr. Thomas Neal, he was born in 1850. So, I apologise if I keep saying 19. It's definitely 18. I don't mean to cause any confusion, but I do that sometimes. Do. When we're doing something from centuries ago. <laughs> I forget the century. So it's 1850 he was born in, and he was born in Glasgow, Scotland. At the age of four, he and his family of nine, I think, not nine, I think it was a family of ten, so the two parents and eight kids. So he and his family of ten moved to Quebec in Canada. Eventually, he went to McGill University in Montreal, also in Canada, and to study that doctoring business. Medicine
1: in general yeah
0: and he graduated <laughs> with an mdcm degree which is latin for medicine ne doctorum et chinegei like, <laughs> madistrum which means a doctor of medicine and master of surgery i'm so great with the latin have you noticed
1: yeah i'm glad you did that bit <laughs> yeah
0: before today the only latin i knew was an exorcism <laughs> that's supernatural yeah. watching for you Imundus spiritus, yeah, the yeah. satanica, yeah, that kind of Latin. That's the Latin I know. <laughs> okay, so he was a doctor. He graduated being a doctor, doing doctoring, that type of thing. So he graduated in 1876. Also in 1876, he impregnated a lady named Flora Brooks. And he gave her an abortion, which was very risky, and she almost died. Obviously, her father was furious and insisted he marry her, which he did. And she supposedly died in 1877 of consumption. However, in 1876, he traveled to London to study at St. Thomas's Hospital, which is a teaching hospital. So I don't know what quite happened, because she died in 1977. I don't know if he went back and forth, because he's later believed to have killed her. Either she travelled with him or he went back. Who knows? He Who
1: did the 19 again.
0: Fuck. I'm glad I said that thing at the beginning. Whenever I say 19, just think 18. I'm not <laughs> going to repeat what I was saying. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, he travelled in 1876 to study medicine at St. Thomas' Hospital. When I say medicine, I guess it's just like the on-the-job training people do because you know you study medicine beforehand in a classroom and then you go into a hospital environment and train there so he later got a qualification in being a physician and a surgeon in edinburgh in 1878 so yeah moving around a lot following that he moved back to canada based in london ontario so don't get confused it's like the south wales and the whirl in the sea don't get confused don't get confused This idiot, it just travels yeah. around so much, not <sighs> That's the least of it. In 1879, a woman named Kate Gardner was found behind Cream's office, pregnant, and she had been poisoned by chloroform. It later emerged that Kate was his mistress.
1: Oh,
0: I didn't read that. It's assumed that she was his mistress, Ah, uh, but there was no hard evidence so, possibly he could have been the father of the child. I mean, he's got formed, isn't he? He didn't want to clear clearly. Yeah. He performed an abortion on Flora beforehand. Following the murder, Cream, he actually accused another local businessman of getting her pregnant.
1: Yeah, that, that's the thing that kind of fascinates me because that comes quite a habit, doesn't
0: it? He actually tried blackmailing the businessman as well, mm. but that didn't work out too well for him because then he was being thought of as a murderer as well as a blackmailer. Yeah. And, he fled to the United States in Chicago. Ah, oh,
1: he can move around freely back home.
0: You really could. That sounds
1: very easy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> compared to now. yeah. Just wait; it's not even begun. Yeah. He moved to the United States and based himself in Chicago, Illinois, and he opened a practice in a red light district area of Chicago. <laughs> so the red light district was obviously full of prostitutes, and he offered them abortions. So that's a great way to segue his medical career. Yeah. Because he could have done a lot of things. <laughs> I'm assuming that people didn't know he was a murderer. Yeah. But he decided to be an abortionist. Maybe he just wanted the prostitutes to owe him one, so that whenever he was feeling lonely, he could knock on their door.
1: It is clever in a way. It's kind of seeing that that's a good place where you know he might be able to do his business there.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's true. He's probably trying to remain underground as well, yeah, if he's going around killing these people allegedly at this point, yeah. might I add in August eighteen eighty, a prostitute named Mary Ann Faulkner died, and he was investigated for it, but he he escapes that because there wasn't any evidence like the Kate Gardner situation as well. yeah, yeah, another patient of his, I don't have the first name for this one, mm. she's just referred to as Miss or Ms Stack. I assume that because she's like... I don't want to be disparaging of the dead, but she is probably a nobody. Nobody cared enough to give her a first name. Yeah. And it
1: happens. I mean, it's, it's a sad truth, especially yeah. back then as well. Like, still now.
0: Yeah. So Miss Stack, she died after treat, having treatment with cream, and he actually accused the pharmacist of the wrongdoing and tried blackmailing him as well. <laughs> In between his abortionist duties, he practiced his own type of medicine. He thought he'd actually come up with an elixir for ep- epilepsy. And in doing so, he attracted the attention of Daniel Stott, who was an elderly... I say elderly, I think he was in around in his 60s, early 60s at his at the time of his death. Yeah. Daniel Stott was interested in his goods, and he'd often send his wife to Thomas Neal Cream's place of business to collect the elixir. The reason this is a bad idea is because she started having it off ah, with Thomas Neal. It's always bad news. It's <laughs> always bad news. So they started shagging, and she basically wanted to bump off her husband. Her husband, I think, began suspecting the affair, possibly. I've read mm. in a couple of places. So she obviously went to her boyfriend for help. He placed some strychnine in his elixir, which, Daniel, stop. If you're thinking that this guy is having an affair with your wife, why are you still taking the drugs he's giving you? Yeah. It's silly, Daniel, okay? I mean, he knows that now, obviously. He's suffered the effects. <laughs> this strychnine is like an alkaloid that's usually used to kill rodents and things. So it must have been a high dose as well. He should have been able to taste the difference,
1: really. Ooh. Is it one of those ones that's quite tasteless, though?
0: I have no idea. I've never actually tried eating strychnine. I've grown fond of Sense living. Fun. Sometimes. Sometimes I've grown fond of living. Not all the time. <laughs> but, yeah, I've never tried it. But aren't alkaloids usually smelly, at least?
1: Um, If you put them in something that disguises the smell, though. Mm.
0: Okay, well, maybe not. So, he t- obviously, Daniel took that because... He trusted the man who he thought he was having an affair with his wife. (laughs) He took that and died. Mm. And the death was ruled natural causes because how deep could they really go into a cause of death in the 1800s?
1: Also, I think straightening was pretty hard to... I seem to remember hearing something about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking the tests weren't exactly up to the standards they are now. Yeah. And even now, sometimes it's hard to detect... Yeah. how someone died if it's through poisoning, depending on the poison. It was ruled death by natural causes, but for some reason, this guy makes me want to hit myself in the face. I don't understand how he got away with it for so long. Cream actually wrote a letter to the coroner and, again, accused someone else of doing it and tried to blackmail it. So this person, again, was another pharmacist that he was blackmailing. So the pharmacist must have said, piss off. And then Thomas Neil Cream wrote the letters to the coroner.
1: Did he not think it would be weird, like, he'd be connected to so many murders?
0: Uh, well, obviously they mustn't share records, right? Because wow. the flora death the Kate Gardner death. Mm. I mean, the only ones they could connect him to were um, Marianne and uh, Miss Stack, because they're the ones that happened in the US. Yeah. Um, I doubt they would have known about Kate Gardner or Flora. I guess. Well, this was a bit fishy. So they did investigate him, and eventually Mrs. Stott, her first name was Julia, so Mrs. Stott, his girlfriend, the wife of Daniel Stott, eventually gave a testimony against Cream. And that ended up planning cream in prison for life. Ooh. Which I don't really... Ugh, I don't understand how she got away with it. I mean, she asked for it. Yeah. So she colluded. She, it was attempted murder. She's the one that gave him the shit. People have gone to prison for less.
1: Yeah. I don't know, back then, it was different at so
0: wasn't it? Though? Yeah. So he was sentenced to life in prison and he was placed in Joliet, Joliet, I guess it's called, prison yeah. in Illinois. So he was sentenced to life in prison, so obviously he got out. (laughs) Um, So after 10 years, he was released in 1891, July 1891, after his brother campaigned for his release and pleaded for leniency and allegedly, I say allegedly, I'm pretty sure it's true, actually bribed people to get him out. Would not surprise me. Following his release, he went back to Canada, collected inheritance from his father who had passed away, Uh, which was, I think, $16,000, which is a lot of money.
1: Yeah, back then it certainly would have been.
0: Um, Following the collection of the inheritance, he decided to come back to London and haunt their streets for a little while and settled in Lambeth. At at that time, it wasn't exactly the most affluent area. It was kind of like a red-light district in Chicago. So assumption is he got up to the same business he got up to in Chicago. But rather than killing women through abortions and remedies like that. He just outright killed them. Nasty fellow. Nasty, nasty fellow. His first victim when he came back to London was Ellen Dunworth, who was also known as Nellie. She was only 19 years old, and she was a prostitute. Her only crime was to accept a drink from Thomas Neal. Cream. Yeah, I keep forgetting his surname; his last name's Cream. His own, her only crime was to accept a drink, which everyone's done. Everyone's accepted a drink from someone. So yeah. girls watch out. And guys watch out because guys can get raped too. Yeah. And murdered. Watch <laughs> out is for cream. Yeah. yeah. I live for the cautionary tales I tell people on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't don't accept a drink. You could either get raped or murdered. Yeah. Yeah, it's true though, isn't it? It's good advice. Yeah. Always buy your own drink. Mm. Actually always make your own drinks.
1: I think it's better advice.
0: Yeah, so Ellen Dunworth, she accepted a drink from him. It doesn't seem like she went home with him, fucked him for money. She just accepted a drink. Um, so in that drink, he had actually put, placed strychnine. And three days later, it took her three days to die. On the 16th of October, she died. It's,
1: it's meant to be quite a painful way to die as well, isn't it? Yeah. Strychnine.
0: So she fell severely ill and slowly died over the course of three days, which is horrible, just horrible. Mm. And it was only a few months after he was actually released from prison, so he's he's got balls. Yeah, like, most people would just go quiet for a little while. Yeah, he got back into it quickly, didn't he? He's just a fucking idiot. Um, so in Nelly's murder, it was ruled strychnine poisoning, and Cream again decided to get involved, and he said the owner of W. H. Smith bookstalls. I'm assuming that's the W.H. Smith that we have now, but I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Oh, is it? Okay, so the owner of W.H. Smith bookstores, who was W.F.D. Smith, he accused him of murdering them and actually tried to blackmail him. And he wrote to the coroner, offering him the name of the person that actually killed her.
1: Oh, is that for the 300000 reward?
0: Yeah, there was a, yeah, I probably should have mentioned that. There was a £300,000 reward for any information related to the death of, Nelly, that's a lot of money that they're putting up. I don't want to be disparaging to prostitutes, but a lot of money that they're putting up for prostitutes.
1: Yeah, I don't know whether they've put that in today's money. Maybe rather than
0: maybe that would make more sense. I
1: cause... can't see that at that time. That would be like loads. That would be like millions. Yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, so it's probably today's money that they translated that to. Yeah. So yeah, he again placed himself into the case when he wasn't a suspect and tried blackmailing people for it. So I guess that's his M.O. now. Yeah. Yeah. A week later, so on the 20, 20th of October, Freem interacted with a, another prostitute called Matilda Clover, and she was 27 years old. Uh, the next morning, she became ill and died. At first, her death was said to be alcohol poisoning of some sort or just because of alcoholism. So there wasn't really a case at that point because they just thought it was basically a natural cause. She did it to herself. Yeah. But cream. (laughs) Cream, cream, cream. Uh, He accused a doctor, a doctor named William Broadbent, of actually poisoning her. And again, tried to blackmail him for money.
1: It's a weird thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like drawing attention to yourself. It's not yeah, a very well, good way it, it, of hiding. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and obviously, Broadbent didn't pay out because he didn't have to because he didn't kill the girl. Yeah. He just forwarded the letter to Scotland Yard to investigate. Yeah. Okay, so those two, were in, those two murders were in close proximity. Yeah. Um, the next one that we know of didn't happen until the following year. So he'd in between this time, he'd gone back to Canada for vacation, which I don't understand, because shouldn't he have been wanted for murder um,
1: and blackmail yeah, but i I think you know you probably do need arrest after a couple of murders and then you know, get back into it.
0: Yeah, but my point is he went back to Canada, where he's wanted <laughs> yeah. for kate gardener's murderer, murderer uh, he's wanted for kate gardener's murder and blackmail. So I don't understand how he managed to just go there for a quick holiday.
1: They could have probably either just forgotten about it or they haven't, different parts of Canada might not have records, possibly. Possibly,
0: yeah, especially back then. It's not like an electronic system. So, yeah, on April the 2nd, 1892, uh, he actually attempted to poison a Lou Harvey, who was formerly called Louise Harris, but she was actually suspicious of him and dumped the pills that he he gave her ah, off the bridge clever. of the River Thames. So, yeah, I don't think... It doesn't say whether she was a prostitute or not. No, it doesn't. So she just might have been some random person or someone that actually went to him for help.
1: She's married, so I don't know.
0: Or she could be widowed, who knows? Yeah,
1: true. It'd be... If if she was married, I think... I mean, even though they, they're still married people as prostitutes, it's still a bit risky. If someone finds yeah. out, you're in mm, true.
0: Unless she's prostituting in a different area, yeah. But who knows? knows. Who knows? We're certainly not going to find out now, are we? No. Unless someone tells us, which he can via email. <laughs> um, so obviously he wasn't satisfied because he didn't get to murder this one, this lovely Lou woman who was smart enough to dump the shit he gave her. Yeah. So a few days later, on April the 11th. He met with two prostitutes just to make up for lost time. (laughs) The prostitutes were Alice Marsh, who was 21 years old, and Emma Shrivel, who was 18. Somehow he managed to get into their flat, which, I'm sorry, but prostitutes, they're supposed to know better than that, right? You don't take a John back to your own place of business, or home, Mm -hmm. not even place of business. I
1: don't know, if he's a doctor, though, he probably comes across as quite respectable.
0: So, but still, yeah. that's a thing that prostitutes aren't supposed to do. That's why they have pimps, to stop people from doing that. Yeah. This is the old thing, to have them though, beat so. up and stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, it just seems a bit silly. Why would they let him... Maybe it's because there was two of them, so they thought, they thought it would be easier. He can't really do anything. Yeah. So they let him into their flat, where, for some reason, he offered them two bottles of Guinness each. They're, it's their duty to hospitable and offer him drinks yet he's the one giving them a couple of bottles of Guinness maybe that's why they let him in the house though they wanted a they wanted drink. drink Yeah, possibly so obviously as Cream's MO now is he had put strychnine in the bottles of Guinness and he just left and they died in agony by themselves. Ooh. And these two are the last known murders, I believe. They're the last known to happen, aren't they? I think. Yeah, they're the last known in chron- chronological order. Because not long after that, he just decided to fuck himself over <laughs> completely. Uh, it didn't help that he tried to blackmail people and sent letters to the coroners of these different attacks, especially the ones for Matild- Matilda, Matilda because that wasn't even ruled a murder. So instead of framing these people that he's trying to blackmail, the police actually cleared them of yeah. any wrongdoing. And and it highlighted the fact that he'd murdered people they didn't believe that was mur- <laughs> they were murdered.
1: Yeah, I think it's a classic case where he's such an attention whore. He just needs to bring kind of attention to himself. When you're a murderer, if you want to get away with it, it's kind of screwing yourself
0: there. Yeah. But I think the police must have linked these killings together then. Yeah. I guess it helped the left. Well, not him. It helped the police. Um, but he just couldn't keep his trap shut. Yeah. I mean, at this point, he was referred to as a Lambeth poisoner. Yet he couldn't keep his mouth shut.
1: Yeah. Did the police initially know that all these murders were connected?
0: No, because he, especially in Matilda's case, they hadn't. Yeah. They hadn't even uh, thought it was a murder until he pipes up.
1: Yeah, so, you know, you just kind of... I I don't get his logic sometimes.
0: I think he's just money-hungry, I think that's it. It's not just glory, it's money. Yeah. I mean, that also fits in with um, uh, Daniel Stott and Stott, I think. No, Julia, that's his wife's name, isn't it, Julia? Whose wife? Uh, uh, Daniel Stott, because he was apparently quite wealthy.
1: Did did we mention his, his wife as well? Flora? Yeah, did we mention the suspicion about that
0: uh yeah but it's uh, actually, i can't remember listeners um which probably you know now this has actually taken us 24 hours to record this episode so it's hard for me to remember what i said right at the beginning of the story but flora she passed away not long after their marriage and it was initially assumed to be consumption but in light of well i think there was some suspicion of surrounding him at the beginning, that he'd moved to London, and in light of all his other crimes, that murder has been linked to him. Yeah. That murder, that death has been linked to him.
1: Particularly because I, I read that he told her to take only medicine prescribed by him as well. Oh, I didn't read I don't think I read that. It's it's on another page, I think. It's not on the Wikipedia one.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't just have the Wikipedia one, mate. What, I'm not what's you. the other one you got. I've got plenty. I've got Huffington Post, I've got Murder UK, I've got the case book. Yeah, and I've got another one and I've got my own notes. Fuck you, Matt. Why are you accusing me of Wikipedia? <laughs> like, fuck you, that's what you do. <laughs> I write on my Wikipedia pages with the sources of uh, and quotations from other websites purely because Wikipedia is chronological. <laughs> That's all I need from Wikipedia is the order things happened.
1: Fuck you! I, Fuck I, you, I just latest, you know, some of what you're saying similar to what was said on Wikipedia. Not yeah, it's also there.
0: similar to what's said on every other page. Yeah, true. <laughs> page there is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's there's suspicions about that, but we we'll never really know actually about that one. So.
0: No, but I think it's safe to assume we saw what he turned into. You yeah. wouldn't be shocked if he'd murdered her. Yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. So as I was saying, Cream just couldn't keep his mouth shut and he he met with a police officer that was from New York. He was visiting London and decided to give him a tour of all the Lambeth poisonings. And he seemed to have information that he shouldn't have had which was relayed to one of the Scotland Yard police. I think the New York police officer was called John Haynes, I think, but I only read that in one place, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Scotland Yard became suspicious and sent in a officer, undercover officer, I think his name was McIntyre, to put Cream under surveillance, and they connected him to prostitution as in he visited a lot of prostitutes. Yeah. And then they actually learned of his previous conviction from the United States. So there is free movement of information. You just have to ask for it. Yeah. So on June the 3rd, 1892, Cream was finally arrested for the murders, initially of Matilda Clover, which he's the one that brought attention to, <laughs> so that must sting. And uh, about... Ten days later, on the 13th of July, he was charged with the murders of Dunworth, Marsh and Shrivel as well, and the attempted murder of Harvey, as well as blackmail, because he tried to blackmail loads of people that didn't do it. Yeah. And by doing that, let his downfall.
1: <laughs> That's the really important one to get him on though, isn't it? The blackmail. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, his trial actually lasted only four days, uh, from the 17th of J- October to the 21st of October. And the jury only deliberated for 12 minutes and they unanimously said that he was guilty, which is great. Why can't juries do that now?
1: Yeah, but to be fair, it was hardly like there was very little evidence that he hadn't done it.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, Um, so
1: obviously he did it, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So following the guilty verdict, he was sentenced to death by hanging. And it's so fast. Like, we've talked about it before. The timeline back then was so fast when it came (laughs) to convictions and stuff. So less than than a month later, on the 15th of November, he was hanged at Newgate Prison, which is in London, by a James Billington who has made a career, well he made a career, he doesn't still exist, he made a career out of hanging Thomas and Neil Cream.
1: Is he quite a famous one, Billington? You know how like Pierpoint, he was quite a famous hanger.
0: I don't really know much about the hangers, but I think I've heard of James Billington before. Yeah. So... Judging by the fact that I've heard of him, I'm assuming he's quite a famous one. Yeah. And then he was placed in an unmarked grave, which was fantastic. So actually, during the trial, he decided to say that he wasn't the Thomas Neal cream that was arrested and placed in prison in Illinois. He was just Thomas Neal, a good old family doctor. Oh, yeah. You know, try and pretend you're respectable and stuff like that. Yeah. And this has actually led to theories post-death. Ah. This is the closest to Jack the Ripper we're ever going to get in the Dark Seduction. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly, Billington says that as he's hanging, as he's hung, I guess that that's the term of phrase, as he's doing the deed <laughs> to Thomas Neil Cream, apparently he shrieked, "I'm Jack the," and then died. Ooh. And according to Billington, that is proof that. He was the person that managed to hang Jack the Ripper. (laughs) He
1: promoted this alleged incident, didn't he, though?
0: Yeah, he promoted the shit out of it.
1: I wonder whether he, like, wrote a book or something like that.
0: Probably did. I mean, Thomas Neil Cream's lawyer wrote a book about it.
1: Yeah, that's what would happen today, (laughs) for sure.
0: But the problem is... It's not really feasible, unless Thomas Neil Cream could be in two places in one time. Yeah. It's not really feasible that he was Jack the Ripper, because during the time of the killings, he was in prison in Illinois. So, halfway around the world. And yeah. it's not like he could take a flight to get here and be here in a few hours. He'd have to get on a ship that takes forever yeah. to get here.
1: Also, like, the modus operandi. That's very different. Yeah, sometimes killers might change, but in general they tend to stick to one modus operandi, don't they? So.
0: I don't think serial killers change. I think they evolve and develop. But they wouldn't go from poisoning to brutal muti- mutilation yeah. back to poisoning.
1: It's so vastly different, isn't it?
0: Exactly. And also Dr. Thomas Neil Cream... He was a very skilled surgeon. Uh, whereas Jack the Ripper, they think he had some experience with knives, basically. Yeah. But they don't think he was proficient. So he could have been a butcher, basically know someone's anatomy, but they don't think he was a proficient surgeon. Whereas Neil was. Yeah. That and Whitechapel isn't his zone, is it? It's Lambeth.
1: Uh, yeah, I just think this guy Billington's trying to bump up his profile a little bit, particularly if he's like got a book out. You're just trying to sell more books. Yeah, I really don't see this one.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not just Jack Billington. His lawyer, uh, Marshall Hall, Ah, he probably didn't help the subject either (laughs) because he's claimed that there are two Thomas Neal, one cream, one just Thomas Neal, that look so alike... So they have actually taken each other's places in prison before, mm. and that allowed the other one to go out and commit crimes. Apparently, Thomas Neal Cream was done for bigamy. He was taken to court in bigamy charges, but his alibi was that he was in prison in Sydney, which I don't understand. I only read this in one place, because I haven't read any other places where it says that he was done for bigamy, because I don't think he was. He married one person, and she died. Uh, Unless
1: he married again, I don't see how he can have got done for bigamy.
0: Yeah, but apparently his alibi was that he was in prison in Sydney, but the other Thomas Neal was in prison in Sydney. So we're thinking that he's an international serial killer, But so is this other Thomas Neal cream. (laughs) And they both land in prison at different times. The other Thomas Neal was the one that committed the murders, the Whitechapel killings, Jack the Ripper killings. There's a theory saying that he decided to take the fall for it as he's dying just to free the other one. Yeah. It's like the other one wasn't even in the frame. What's the point? No one knew about these doppelgangers if they exist. He didn't have to do that.
1: Yeah, I've got a feeling this Edward Marshall Hall or Sir Edward Marshall Hall, I should say, I think he might think of himself as some kind of, like, Agra Christie type, even though she doesn't exist at this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so far-fetched, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't seem at all feasible.
1: Yeah, if this was some weird, like, crime novel, then... I'd kind of understand it, but in real life. yeah. Also, I think it's a great example for the Wikipedia page to put Cream himself <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> You've definitely read the Wikipedia page, so, like, the line below Cream himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Because it's true, though, when you're being hanged, you you lose all control of your bodily functions, like any other death. Yeah. And, like, stuff happens. Like, I, I had some woman's womb fell out or something. Ooh. I think that was, like, the, the last woman that was hanged in the UK. Ruth but Ellis, was it? Ruth, yeah, her womb or something fell out of her, her uterus, Ooh. or a fetus, something like that. Jesus. <laughs> so, obviously, you lose all bodily function. So, apparently, he was <laughs> screaming out, I am ejaculating. <laughs> Billington misheard, which I think is quite funny. But it's also, I, I, I believe that. The worst time to do it, as well. I must add that Billington wasn't the only person in the gallows that that day. There were others, and they don't recall hearing anything.
1: Yeah. Even if he was saying, like, I am Jack, that's not saying I am Jack the Ripper. Mm. Bit of a jump to make that conclusion.
0: Yeah. And also, if he's bribing officials just to, like, slowly leave the prison to do his murders, why would his brother officially need to help him get out of prison ten years after the fact? Yeah. And bribe people then when he's already out? Might as well keep his trap shut. Because he's already out of prison, he's just gonna draw attention to the fact that he's not in prison if he actually isn't in prison. Yeah. It seems very silly. Unless are they saying that his brother petitioned to get his brother's look alike <laughs> out of prison? Like it makes no sense whatsoever. And this this is hardly, like, the era of Facebook. How can you find your own fucking du- doppelganger? It's so far-fetched. Yeah. Is he just going around countries looking for someone that looks like him, saying, oh, you're, you're all criminal as well. You know what? We should just do t- prison time for each other. Let's just share.
1: Yeah. Again, if if this was a novel, I'd, like, believe it. But I think in real life that's very hard. Mm.
0: Even in a novel, I'd find it far-fetched.
1: Yeah. Unless you're deliberately making yourself look like each other.
0: Well, I'm not going to lie, right? He's not unremarkable looking. Mm. He's just got a tash and a top hat. <laughs> he looks pretty much like any other sort of semi-affluent person that would have lived in that time. Yeah. So I'm not going to rule out there are people that look like him. That's not my argument. <laughs> I'm sure there are people that look like him. I just don't believe any of this shit. Nah. And also, it's too br- it's just too brutal. Because clearly he doesn't actually want to watch those he can't face watching them die he just poisons and leaves and he tries to make some money off it
1: yeah i think they believed he was some kind of sadist didn't they yeah just like the idea that they were in agony but he didn't actually want to probably see it
0: yeah if he can't see someone dying from poisoning i highly doubt he has the stones to gut people yeah and literally mutilate them i don't think he'd have that in him
1: yeah i just i just think he's a bit of a Weirdo. Eh?
0: I think he's he's a sick bastard, but he's not Jack the Ripper sick.
1: Yeah, I mean this guy reminded me slightly of it. Didn't they didn't say murdered people the same way? But um, you know the Rillington Place guy, John.
0: Oh yeah, can't yeah. yeah, what yeah. Said that, that sick fuck. Yeah,
1: because they both abortionists, and the Rillington Place guy, he definitely murdered his wife. So. It's kind of similar in some ways. and Both would have been considered quite respectful at one point. Uh,
0: I think they probably would, especially seeing that it's not exactly... Especially in that time. I mean, leaving your wife, there's stigma around it. People like money. Yeah. Murder is easier. Guys get away with it. Yeah. Except when they don't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and... Because I know the Rillington Place guy. He
0: he basically framed someone as well, I and mean, yeah. someone died because of him.
1: Yeah, because he 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 visited prostitutes as well, didn't he? I
0: think. I th- so think, isn't that like what they did back then? Especially if you're like semi-affluent.
1: I know, like everyone did it.
0: Not everyone, but there's a certain type of man. There would have been that... a few people that have done it. Yeah, basically, prostitution's a good business. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Unless, you know, you're being poisoned and stuff and mutilated. Yeah. Yeah, unless, yeah, it's just a murder thing that sort of makes it lose appeal to me. Mm. I was thinking of a career change, but I don't (laughs) think that's it.
1: The the slightly weird thing is that, um, like, the Daniel Stott thing, in a way, that is slightly different because most of the others are prostitutes.
0: The others he did try and get money out of, and Daniel Stott he was sort of trying to get money out of. By banging his wife. Yeah. And his wife would have ended up inheriting the money. And he probably would have thought, oh, I'm going to marry her afterwards. And then I'm going to bump her off.
1: Yeah. I do think that makes this guy quite bad in the sense that he would murder literally anyone just for money.
0: Yeah. He doesn't have a type, really. Especially with Lou. We don't know if she was a prostitute. Kate, she was his mistress. Yeah. So, yeah, he doesn't have a type. So he could literally go for anyone. Yeah.
1: His university thesis was on, like, the effects of chloroform as well.
0: Yeah, that's kind of
1: grim. Yeah. That's that's why sometimes doctors are the worst, aren't they, I think?
0: Yeah, because they know how to get away with yeah, it as well. They, just, they know so much. I know you joked about Harold Shipman, but he's a prime case. Yeah. And especially if they're in a position of power and trust, people just... Uh... And automatically, instantly trust doctors because they have a duty of care to you. Yeah. Except if you're racist, because then you don't care. <laughs> I mean, you'll request a different doctor if the colour of the skin doesn't suit you. People won't understand that because I cut it out of the episode originally, so... Yeah.
1: Well, I, I, I at least I remember the story, so... <laughs> yeah. I know what you're
0: talking about. <laughs> yeah. It might go in the outtakes, it might not. Yeah. You know, yeah, pay attention around Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I was also reading. There was at least four other women who died in his care.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's why. That's why I think at the beginning I said, well, at least ten. Yeah. Because they're the only ten confirmed. But I assume that there's probably a lot more. I don't think it's only the ten.
1: Yeah, it's bringing it back to Harold Shipman again. But
0: they convicted him for like a small number, but it could be as big as like three hundred or something yeah, ridiculous.
1: Yeah, like that. they're doctors. They see so many people that it could be at any number of people. And particularly a doctor that moves
0: about as well.
1: Like this one, international. Yeah. It's weird if it's in one place, because you think, why are all these people dying?
0: Well, it depends on what you're a doctor of, though. Like, if, if you specialise in caring for the elderly, I'm not going to automatically assume that you've killed a load of your patients because they're the elderly. Or even if they're just sick, mm. you assume sick people will die. Yeah, I suppose, but I do think, if it was in a short
1: space of time, I think you would worry if that amount of people would die.
0: Well, technically, this was a short space of time. Yeah. He was 42 when he died. Ten years of his life, he was in prison. He was only 26 when he moved to London, so Mm. that was just after Flora's death. So he didn't actually have that long out in the public sphere where he was actually murdering. Yeah. And uh, Yet he packed quite a few people in.
1: If he's doing a lot of abortions on prostitutes as well. It could easily be botched and they die. Yeah, they're also not the most cared about in society as well, so...
0: Yeah, so you wouldn't hear about it.
1: Yeah, he could have just got forgotten about, so...
0: Yeah, he wasn't actually out there for a while, but he managed to kill a lot of people in his time. Yeah. He was only 42, so 32 years... He was out of prison. He only trained in nineteen. He only finished his training in nineteen. Not nineteen. Sorry, I keep saying nineteen. eighteen seventy six, seventy five, seventy six. So he's twenty six. So that's like six years worth of killing. Yeah. Pretty much. He packed quite a lot in.
1: Yeah. I mean, he only lived to like forty two, didn't he? Yeah. Like that.
0: Yeah. I just did the maths ten times over, Matt. Why are you questioning this? All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm shit at mass, but I've got it in front of me. So, yeah, that's a lot of killing, man. I've yeah. only just realized how much. I just assumed, oh, he's older. And I'm looking, and I was like, no, he's only 42.
1: Yeah, it's good he was hanged. I think it's good there's the death penalty back then. Yeah. He would have just killed more. He would have done.
0: If he was just in prison, I'm assuming he'd probably end up killing people in prison.
1: Yeah, if he found a way of getting strychnine or any, well, there's no saying he would have just stuck to strychnine as well.
0: Yeah, because he only used that for the last few. Yeah. Like, with Kate, it was chloroform. With flora, we don't really know because it's assumed it was consumption and they only realised, like, much later, what, 15 years later, Mm. that, oh, he probably murdered her as well. So it was only with the prostitute. It was only starting from um, Daniel Stott because Mary Faulkner and Miss Stack weren't they botched abortions? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, it's only starting from Daniel Stott. So it was only the last one, two, three, four, five murders. Yeah. So he could have switched it up. He probably would have eventually. Yeah. If he was still out. He, this this one is quite scary in that
1: he could have used so many ways if he'd like, you know, not got caught. If it wasn't for his like need for attention and money
0: yeah he would have still been out there roaming yeah i think he probably still would have gotten away with it even if he was an attention whore it's just he decided to be an attention whore to the wrong person yeah if it wasn't that police officer if it was anyone else i think he probably would have carried on getting away with it yeah because the police officer connected with scotland yard and scotland yard realized he knew way too much about this case than he should have done yeah if it was any other member of the public they would have thought ah oh, he's in the know. And they wouldn't really have questioned it.
1: Yeah, I do, I do like the idea of him giving guided tours <laughs> while he's like murder himself. You
0: know. Yeah, I bet that Jack the Ripper, he's like still alive, like he's like an evil being, monster <laughs> type thing. And he's the person that's been giving Jack the Ripper tours around Whitechapel that we never seem to be able to go on that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be some really old guide. Oh, in it's a just the spirit
0: of Jack the Ripper. He could be um, possessing someone. True. Tree. Yeah, it's lucky I know my exorcism. Let's go on the Jack the Ripper tour, Matt.
1: Yeah, but then that person would be doing what Jack the Ripper's doing, wouldn't they? They were possessed by him.
0: Maybe they're better at hiding bodies. Oh, God. Maybe Jack the Ripper actually lived longer than people believed, and the span of killings was longer than people believed. It's just he got better at hiding bodies. He decided, oh, I don't really want to be a showman anymore. Yeah. It's getting too dangerous. I'll just hide the bodies better or move somewhere else. Because that's another theory, like he moved somewhere else and continued killing. Yeah. The
1: one thing I would say about Jack the Ripper, though, is you've got to be so pleased you've got away with that. I would be if I was Jack. I mean, you'd be living. When you get close to death, you're thinking, how did I get away
0: with that? <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering why he didn't write a book or something before he died. So, and by the way, you guys, I fooled all of you guys. Because he did write letters, didn't he? He wrote,
1: or he's assumed to.
0: Yeah. So I'm not. I'm just wondering why he never wrote a book unless he did and, like, his ancestors have hid it away or destroyed it. Yeah. Because they don't want people to know. It's like descendants of Nazis. They don't want people to know. They change their name. They hide everything about them. Yeah, I just can't believe he would stop suddenly. I think he got imprisoned or he was killed or he moved away. I don't think he just lived... And just stopped. Yeah. But then if he was imprisoned, he would have got out at some point. I I don't know if
1: he was in prison. He could have died in prison. Depends what he got done for. Possibly. And it depends also how old he would have been at the time. He wouldn't have necessarily lived as long back then.
0: True. Hmm.
1: But we shouldn't shouldn't do too much about Jack the Ripper.
0: Just in case you want to do a Jack the Ripper (laughs) episode at some point. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe if we ever get successful enough to get an intern, I'll get an intern to comb through everything we've ever recorded and just cut out all the Jack-related bits and then we can compile that into an episode. Yeah. That poor intern. (laughs) That and getting sexually harassed by you, Jesus Christ. Me? Poor Jimmy. I've named the intern Jimmy. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) It doesn't matter what his name's actually going to be. It's Jimmy now.
1: I, I really don't want to know the surname, so... (laughs)
0: <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we can really say about Thomas Neal Cream. I mean, he was fucked up, and we're kind of glad he died, but it should yeah. have been sooner. He never should have been let out of prison in the first place. Shame on you, governors and people of Illinois Justice Department for letting this psychopath out.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I bet it was because he was a doctor as well, and he had money. Yeah, that's why. They bribed him. If there's any other like, person, they wouldn't have got away with it.
0: Yeah, rightly so. You shouldn't get away with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's
1: it. It's an interesting case, isn't it?
0: It is really interesting. The thing is, I had it on my computer for a while, and I don't know why I never actually suggest Because I was telling you before, I see so many things, I take a screenshot of it and then just yeah. save it for six months later. Did you get it from River? No, I don't think so.
1: Because, um, you know, Eddie oh, Marson. Oh, yeah,
0: Eddie Marson.
1: Was he meant to be, like, the spirit of cream or something?
0: Yeah. Ah, that makes so much more sense now.
1: Yeah, because I looked up on the BBC, because yeah, when I put the name in, it came up with a BBC thing. I was like, well, what was this about? And then, yeah, it was from River. I was like, I recognise that guy.
0: <laughs> ah, that makes sense. Yeah, but no, I didn't get it from River. <laughs> I don't know when I got it. I don't know if I watched River before or after. Yeah. But it's like the Wallander thing. I keep forgetting it's set in Sweden and the references. Yeah. It just goes over my head. <laughs> uh yeah, so yeah, it's interesting. So if there's anything that you little listeners would like to contribute, anything we got wrong, fine, just let us know at the Seduction at gmail dot com. You can also Facebook us and tweet us. And I guess you can YouTube us as well, but I like stopped reading the comments. Uh, unless it's, like, a short one or it's a nice one, then I'll just, like, give you a thumbs up. If it's a bad one, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to take it out on you. I'm not going to lie. If you're, if you're going to be shits and I'm just not feeling it, I am going to take out my fury on you.
1: Yeah. We we record this podcast specially for you, so, you know, don't be...
0: Yeah, it's definitely for YouTube listeners. I mean, they're definitely not an afterthought for me. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, if you're listening on YouTube and you enjoy us, that's great. If you're going to be a cunt, uh, go ahead, be a cunt. Because sometimes I'm in a bad mood and I just need an outlet. Yeah. And um, other times I'm just going to respond K. You're going to do what? I'm just going to respond the letter K. All right. Because uh, according to Chris, that drives people crazy. <laughs> Which it would to me, actually.
1: Yeah, it would. It's, a, it's quite annoying thing to respond to someone. <laughs> K.
0: K. Okay, I think we should wrap this up, K. 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 So, so bye. Bye. I wonder if we can still get strychnine. I think you can, actually. Yeah. So, rubbing my hands with (laughs) glee. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. Bye. Bye.